Okay, welcome to episode 34 of the MUFC podcast, mainly talking about the Liverpool 1-1 draw. But before we get into that, there was a more important match on the, earlier on the Sunday, the Man United Supporters Club against the Liverpool Supporters Club. We ran out 4-1 winners. Larry, how is your body? Because I am in a world of pain. Oh, I feel like I have osteoporosis at the tender age of 25. Send help and send it quick. Well, I set the alarm for the 2.30 kickoff in the morning. I set the alarm for 2.20. I woke up at quarter past two without the alarm in pain. I was crammed up in the middle of my sleep, so I didn't need the alarm. You know why you're in pain, Tom? Because you were carrying our teammate three goals. Well, I wasn't Patrick gonna, Hero. I wasn't going to say anything, but if you'd like to run people through my goals. So the first <laughs> one, just an absolute purler into the top corner. Wonderful shot. Actually, I don't remember the other two. It was all a bit no, that, blur. That, that was the second one. The second and third were long ranges into the top corner. First one just sort of pounced on a mistake. There you go. I baited you into explaining your own goals. Well done. Now, would you like to tell anyone about the penalty you gave away? It was nonsense. <laughs> I think if it went to VAR, as we saw over overnight, uh, that it would have been overturned and it would have been no penalty play on. Okay, um, before we get into the game, how much... Um, Money has been raised so far. How much is looking like will be raised? Yeah, so we look like we're on target for um, eighteen hundred. So, considering we've been doing this fundraiser for less than a week, um, that's a fantastic result. Um, And and I'm stoked. And a big thank you to both the Sydney Manchester United supporters group and the Liverpool supporters group of New South Wales. Um, Both groups very supportive of the cause. um, Came together. The game was played in good spirits. So, um, a big thank you to both both supporters groups and hopefully it's something that we can look at doing on a more regular basis yeah well the um the first couple of charity games we had all involved red cards and if you think one game was going to have a red card would be this one but there's nothing it was as you said played in very good spirits which was good to see so we will get into the actual game which everyone is listening for one old draw i didn't i wasn't on twitter throughout the match but as soon as full-time I mean, turned on Twitter and Facebook and people were blowing up. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was good. If you have a before the game, would you take a draw? 100% would I take a draw. And in regards to the performance, okay, it was a game for two halves, but I thought Solskjaer got it bang on in the first half. And I thought it was just a case of us tiring in the second half. Yeah, I agree with you. And I thought it was fantastic to see him mix it up. Um, I'm really pleased to see that we went with a three-man defence. And really pleased to see as well that we played with two up front. We've said that, you know, when nothing works and you hope that something will change, it's it's just naivety, isn't it? But um, he went out there, he changed it up. Uh, three-man defence. It's a, it's a shame to when Zabie, um was ruled out because I feel like he's been in a real... It's been a real shining light for us, really, um, through this dim period that we've been going through. But um, And a few players stood up. Um, while it's disappointing to end in a draw, considering the circumstances that happened throughout the match, I think it's a pleasing performance that we can build on. Well, just say so you mentioned to Anzabu, we'll go through the lineup. I remember when I woke up, I, I saw you were online, I sent you a quick message. My eyes were a bit half closed, and I saw Ashley Young down the bottom of the team sheet, and I thought, he's actually Young up front. That's uh, what was happening here. So, as I said, it was a change in tactics and change in formation, which is the first time he's done that this season, going to a three at the back, or a five at the back. And I, was, I saw it as a 3-4-3, three, three, um, maybe a 3-5-2. But um, De Gea was fit, did play, um, whether it made a big difference or not. Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, sorry, what's... Sorry, De Gea was fit. Yeah. Okay, so Duncan Castles 
next time you want to throw shade at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, yeah. remember that De Gea was in fact fit, although he got injured for Spain. Thank you. I'll let Larry um, tweet that out to Duncan Castles oh, overnight. I'll be on it. Um, the back three, so Rojo come, came in for two and Zabi, Rojo, Maguire, Lindelof. Um, Ashley Young, a left wing back. Actually, would you call it a wing back position or do you think they're in midfield like, in terms of the approach in the first half, one Bissaka on the right? Um, I don't recall either. Well, one Bissaka did push forward, um, that's what I thought, yeah. but Young didn't really. Yeah. Um, so I feel like one. Sorry, I feel like Ashley Young did keep did keep his depth, um, perhaps because they felt you know he could get exposed. Um, his yeah. positional play is not the greatest, but Wambasaka pushed forward. Yeah, so yeah, that's what I thought. Wambasaka had a, yeah. I wouldn't say joy, but his intent was definitely go forward. That's why I almost think it was a three four three in terms of he was pushing on. Wouldn't right. you like to see him back himself a little bit more? It's just yeah. I, I remember in the opening five minutes he put himself into promising positions, but there's a hesitation to just put the ball and you know just whip it in, just have a have a go. There was um, pretty much as a flat two in the middle with McTominay and Fred, who both solid enough performances. Solid games, yeah. I thought Fred particularly promising uh, signs. Now the front three was a bit mix and match. Who was playing up front? Who was playing on the ten? Who was playing out wide on the right? But Pereira, Daniel James, and Rashford all had, especially in first halves, very good first halves. Yeah, all of them really, really good. Um, you know, I'm particularly happy for Pereira because he's probably been the one who's copped a lot of criticism um, in terms of our attack over the last few weeks, and rightly so. His decision-making's been poor, but if you talk about pure ability, Pereira has everything you need to be a quality midfielder. It just comes down to what's in between the years. So it was, um, I thought he had a really good game. In fact, I'd say that's his best game in a United shirt. What was your thing? Like a lot of people saw the three, and whatever you want to name it, done it two or three times here whether it be a 3-4-3 3-5-2 or maybe even a 5 at the back a lot of people are saying oh I don't care if it's Liverpool at home you have to go for it and that's a park in the bus sort of formation where in the first half I don't think, well, I think it was anything but park the bus I think it was quite sort of I would say adventurous by Oli but the intent was there to go on okay absorb pressure yeah. but the intent was definitely to go and break and win the, win the game sort of thing so you, as you said, you're glad to see Oli sort of change it up and do something different. But is that something you, you like at home in terms of playing five at the potentially five at the back at home, or is this a case of well, Liverpool that much better? Deal with it. We're going to have to play five at the back. Exactly. We all want United to get forward and score goals and you know put teams away. But let's be real with ourselves. This Liverpool side has been on a real hot streak. They were going for 18 wins in a row if you count back to last season. Um, we don't have the quality to be a free-flowing, open side at the moment. So, he, at the end of the day, it's a results-based business and we want the result, right? I mean, the people's criticism of Mourinho was defensive football, but if, if you win trophies, do you remember the performances? It's all about what happens at the end of the season, right? So, I have no criticism of what Solskjaer did. I, I thought his tactics were spot on. Well, I've just got a tweet I'll put up here and I thought it was a good tweet, just myself. Um, but it is what my, I was thinking straight after the game. I saw a lot of talk um, about Solskjaer not being brave enough in the second half. And at a basic look, I get it. I, I can understand the sort of the emotion behind that. However, is anyone going to appreciate that we're a team one point above the relegation zone, completely out of our feet in the second half, up against the European champions? Well, sometimes you're going to have to take a draw. Like, if you're going to go and expose yourself up there again, go for a second goal, you're going to probably go to hit for two goals yourself. So um, we'll get into the second half in a little bit, but uh, I thought Solskjaer got it bang on. Um, 
So I've gone through the lineup. We'll go through the actual game now. There's sort of one or two of the. Well, I wouldn't say it was drama filled, but there was a few talking points. Um, the Rashford goal to start off with. I am telling you, put Daniel James on the right. It works. He played well. It was and, dangerous every time he had the ball. Um, the one thing I liked about it, and I, when the ball went through to Daniel James, is you would hope him for a first time ball. I immediately looked to you know centre and see what Rashford was doing. And it was a perfect run. It was the least Rashford-like thing you'd seen. He made the dart into the near post to send the defender, and then when and it only makes sense when the cross comes off. If the cross went went to the near post and Rashford drifts out of the far post, it looks like a stupid run. But it sort of the chemistry was really really good between the two. It was what we want from Rashford when he's playing in that position. Whether he was he played playing on the left at the time, but that type of instinct to get into the box and not wait for something to come out on the edge of the box. He got into the six-yard box. Great cross. Thrilled for him, and that's a sign that he has been working on his game. Um, you know what I really liked about it? Traditional centre-forward play is you start outside and go inside the defender. He actually did the opposite here. He started inside and went outside. Um, brilliant, instinctive goal. Um, and that's what, when Solskjaer talks about, I want to build in these scruffy goals into these players, that's what he's talking about. Well, what Perfect did I, centre-forward 100% play. agree, but it wasn't really a scruffy goal. It was a great goal. No, by scruffy, yeah. I mean your traditional centre-forward goal. Six-shard well, Exactly. When you, when you think of Rashford and Martial, you think of curlers from outside the box or a weldy. You know, this was, a, this was just perfect centre-forward play. Um, great goal. And you know what? Rashford probably had the least amount of touches in a match that he's had in a while, and I thought that was the highest quality he's put out this season. Actually, I think he had... He had and again, I think we can sort of categorise this both first half and second half but yeah I thought he was one of his better performances like even if you take away the goal yeah. I thought he did well um, it's dangerous but before the goal obviously there was the challenge between Lindelof and Origi um, what it challenge? it was very close to being called um, being disallowed I don't know what challenge you're talking about mate well that's the thing it's not a foul for me I can understand them okay there was contact but it's a contact sport there's going to be he went down very easily. Yeah. He did. You and know, he, that's not and us he was, And he was holding his, the other leg on the ground. So, um, yes, there was contact. But that contact, if I kick you here, that doesn't make you fall down. Um, he's a big guy, Origi. So 100% there was contact. But contact happens a thousand times a game. If you watch the video, I don't even feel like Lindelof. If he, if he did touch his shin, oh, it was a tap. It's like, a, it's honestly. A uh, it's yeah, not yeah. a foul at all. Yeah, credit to the referee. I thought he had a really good game, to be honest. Um, were you nervous though when I went to... Because seeing the action of Lindelof, the actual, I wouldn't say kick in motion, but the toe definitely goes towards the leg and makes, as I say, contact. Um, there was no way of foul for me, but I was shitting it that they were going to bring it back. Definitely held my breath. Um, but look, I, I think it was the right decision. So really, really happy with that. Um, and good goal by United, you know. Tough, tough shit for Liverpool. What about Klopp? If any other manager gets sent to the stands... He was just non-stop. And again, we can only see when the camera pans to him. When the camera's not on him, he's probably not talking to the ref. But my God, he was talking to the ref a lot, the fourth official a lot. Klopp should take up theatre. You know, uh, I think... He knows when the camera's on. He's very dramatic, isn't he? Um, now, speaking of VAR, uh, Mane's goal. Before Mane, before we, we get into... Yes, it was the correct decision, 100%. But, um, okay, and he did get lucky. I, he, doesn't know, he doesn't control the ball without the hand. But Lindelof at fault little bit no doubt countless times this season Lindelof is getting out muscled by opposition attackers he needs to sort it out he needs to hit the gym mate he, 
I can't count how many times he's been outstrengthed or outmuscled this season. It's becoming a real concern for him, and it's and it's a big weakness it's in his the, game. It's the type of ball, well, whether it be outmuscled or not, it's the type of ball that he doesn't like. It's the type of game that if the ball's at the ground, if the strike's got the ball at his feet, he'll do it quite well, he'll deal with it quite well. Anything in the air, it's, it's not... Yeah. It's the direct ball, he just can't deal with it. Yes, it's not... A, it's, yes, it's a physicality thing, like he can get bullied, but it's not even that, it's just a... Like a reading of the ball, reading yeah. of the flight like of the ball. Like an awareness, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's weird. He's not good in the air at all. He's got he, he's got real weaknesses in his game in the air, and he's got a real weakness in terms of his, his own physicality. He needs to really. I hit think the, the back gym, three worked well together, all together. But yeah, Lindelof sometimes, yeah, the, those instances just well, they're, they're a bit weird. Like you think from a professional footballer. Um, as I said, just reading the flight of the ball, he seems to struggle with something. I'm not trying to be dramatic, I mean, I, but I, honestly, I think that's why his position is at real risk of being lost to Tuanzebe by the end of the season. Yeah. And even Eric Bay, I could see him replacing Lindelof when he comes back in. A much more physical player who... Because the thing is, Lindelof and Maguire are both ball-playing centre-halves, so if you can get one who's a little bit more physical, brings one... Because, like, Maguire's not the most aggressive defender, so you need someone there who who brings that to the, to the back four, I think, yeah. Rojo's too much of a risk for me. Bay's rash, but if you can just get him staying on his feet, he's a brilliant defender. And if he can stay fit. So, for me, Lindelof's, he's on thin ice. And I know people call him the ice man, but I mean it in the complete opposite way. Um, so that was it. That was right on the stroke of half-time. Um, so I'm very lucky, because if that goes in, that's a different game. But it's almost as if it did go in, because there was a definite change in approach in the second half. Well, maybe not approach. I put it down to... So much effort being put into the first half. It's like you have to take a step back. You couldn't keep that pressure up. No team could, especially the way we've been playing. We haven't been pressurising teams like that. So when we do put pressure on a team like that, we're just running on empty. So did you see anything different in the second half in terms of an approach, or they were just gas? I don't think it was an approach. Um, I think United were genuinely fatigued. But in saying that, there was times in the second half that Sol- Solskjaer was... I mean, oh, I didn't see it myself. Commentary was alluding to the fact he kept bringing his hands in to suggest he was telling the defence to be more compact. So you wonder, was it in fact instructions? Um, I, th- I don't know if it was initially. I don't think from half-time onwards, but I'd say halfway through the second half, there was definitely an intent to sit deeper a little bit. Well, there's a natural thing when you're 1-0 up, especially 1-0 up against a better team. You do not want to go. It's the last thing you want to do. Go forward. But in the charity match, we'll um, three one up. The last thing anyone wanted to do was go forward. We think we're not. We're happy with what we have. Uh, do not give any chances away. And especially you multiply that. But think of the pressure Solskjaer is under in a proper match like that. Yeah. If the moment you commit someone forward, um, you're going to leave yourself open like to the quality they have. So again, I opened up Twitter and Facebook straight after the match and all, all through today. People are really pissed off with Solskjaer, and I thought, well, okay, it's very easy to criticise, but, um, and again, we've criticised a lot of people here on the podcast, but I can't criticise him for that approach. The players were out on their feet, and you were 1-0 up, and again, we're one point above the relegation zone against the best team in the country, potentially the best team in the world. Yeah, I'm not going to attack. If you're 1-0 up, you're going to sit back, naturally. I, I get the frustration, yeah. but it's you need I, a bit I, of realism. I don't, because... If you, again, if you look at the quality of this team, right? You got McTominay, who, with all due respect, right, he's been our best player this season, but he's putting in six out of ten performances, right? He is, he's not being brilliant. He's the best out of a bad bunch at the moment. Okay, Fred's very inconsistent. McTominay's been like a perfect Scott McTominay. 
Exactly. He's been the perfect Scott McTominay, but the perfect Scott McTominay is a squad player in a title-challenging Manchester United team, isn't he? Yeah. Fred, he's not a Manchester United player, right? Fred, Fred divided opinion. Some people said he had a really good game. Some said he was the worst player on the pitch. Oh, and I was, yeah, I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I think Fred was solid. I don't think he was brilliant. Yeah, there's not, there's no quality in that midfield. And midfields are crucial to football sides, right? You, you can get away with a poorer or a lesser defense if you have a quality midfield. If you have a quality midfield that can protect the back four and have an element of creativity that they can feed to the forwards, then you can get away with. Look at our last uh, United's last title-winning season. Our defense was actually quite poor by our standards, right? You had an aging Vidic in Rio. Johnny Evans played in defense a fair bit, um, but we got. Out of a lot of situations, because we had Carrick, who was brilliant that season. We had Van Persie, who would just bring out moments of brilliance. But at the moment, our midfield is the weakest, I think, at least in my lifetime. It's the worst midfield I've ever seen. So, you know, you can be really brave when you're not the man in charge. But I'd like to see all these Twitter guys. If you want to go all out attack with this team, I'm telling you, they would have lost 6-0 yesterday. Well, I remember the one time we rewind our minds back to the Newcastle game. The one time we went forward and attacked was the, when we conceded the goal, and that, that would burn a manager under pressure. Like that would like literally leave a scar on them. Think, Shit, I'm not doing that again because we just can't risk it. And that's budget long stuff. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even the proper long stuff. Um, Further, we'll be on the second half, but the actual wall came at the end of the um, second half. The Liverpool goal. Um, mistake after mistake after. It, it wasn't even a mistake. It was just. You could almost see, you could almost, you could see the physical fatigue on the players. But you could almost start to see it creeping in mentally as well. I think three or four players all switched off at the same time, and you can maybe sometimes afford one player to switch off, and you could have someone to cover. But when three players switch off, especially against a very good team, they're going to score. Yeah, and you know what? This comes down to leadership for me. This is where you need a defensive leader there to say. He's your man. He's your man. No, you need to mark him. That's what you need in those moments when the fatigue kicks in and you feel your legs getting wobbly and there's lactic acid in your body. I just... It was a poor goal, Tom. Wambasaka was nowhere near Robertson to shut him down for the cross. And Robertson had been showing some... Earlier in the last 10 minutes leading up to the goal, he had started putting the ball in. So I thought Wambasaka should have been a little bit more alert there. I don't want to be too hard on him, but poor defensive decision there. And then I think it was Rojo. I know you're you're of the belief it could have been Young. I only wanted to, I didn't want to watch it back, so I only watched it the one or two times. Yeah. Um, yeah, mixed between Rojo and Young. I think I think both yeah. did the same mistake. Someone's left their man. Um, they were definitely marking their man, but when the cross came in, I think it was Rojo has actually come a step in. He's marking fresh air, and that's led to the goal uh, for Lalana. And it, it's. You know, you would have taken a draw before the game, but you, when you look at it now in hindsight, considering we led for most of the game, we were definitely the better team over the 90 minutes. You reckon? It's disappointing, you reckon yeah. No doubt, yeah, for sure. That's weird. You don't yeah, think yeah. so? Uh, from, give us uh, the, the scenario we're in, the position we're in, I think we're, we're the happier with the performance levels. But I think if you were just to uh, watch it without any background knowledge of the two teams, without any commentary just watch the actual 90 minutes almost like a boxing match without commentary I think you'd say Liverpool were the better team but I think if you apply context United were probably better if that makes sense yeah I get what you're saying I mean for me I thought yeah. I thought United it was, it was, for me it was two points dropped yeah two points well, dropped it's one of those ones if we were to get the equaliser it would have been a point gained but when you're that team with the win exactly. or with the lead and then you can see the equaliser it feels like points especially dropped. when we're in the lead for most of the game really yeah. it's disappointing yeah. Um, 
anything else to add on the actual game or anything that would maybe touch a little bit on Solskjaer because Klopp will maybe one of the criticisms and again well one of the criticisms labelled as Solskjaer I don't agree with but was the substitutions and a lot of people always have a go at how late he makes them but this one I looked at the bench and I looked at what the game needed the last thing Solskjaer needed to do was make a sub you had to keep it as sort of similar as possible the, what, how long after the change was it a goal? When we took Rashford off? Two, three minutes? Yeah, you can't. It's it's, that type of game, sometimes it's best just to not make a sub. Um, but the thing which compounded that, I think, was the so, um, Liverpool manager. God. Klopp. Klopp. God, how am I forgetting you and Klopp? It's because um, you've been awake since 2.30 <laughs> this morning. Um, the three subs Klopp made um, all sort of came on and did well. And I think that compounded that People have seen that and said, well, Solskjaer did the same thing. It would have worked in United's favour. Who do you know. want him to bring yeah, on? No, exactly. You know? yeah. exactly. You, you look at our squad. And I think that played to why we're so tired. It's the same players playing every week. There's no rotation, really. Well, it'll be interesting to see what he does with the Europa League. Um, he's got to give Jimmy Garner some game time. Because I think there's a quality midfielder there. And you, just, you look at the lack of quality we have. It's a perfect opportunity. He's the only youth player at the moment who I can say hasn't been given a chance and is probably ready for some first team minutes. I think I was listening to the um, Stephen Howardson's podcast or one of his videos, and he's, you might know more about it than me, but his stats this season. He's got a hell of a lot of goals. In, he's got six goals in seven games or something, the same amount of assists, wow. um, which is crazy. From a midfielder, like, usually you can see that from a striker. And, okay, maybe that's enough for a striker to get a chance on the bench, but if a midfielder's doing that, he's worth it. I've only caught two or three games of the under-23s, but in every game, he's really controlling midfield. He's playing with a real maturity. Of course, it's a step up, but look, until you give someone a chance, you never know what they can do, right? Um, and <laughs> looking at our midfield options, I don't think we can do any worse. Well, yeah, you'd expect the Europa League to come in, but this is a hard one. We're away in Serbia. It's not the place to... It's not going to be an easy game. Well, back and everyone makes sort of lazy comparisons now to the class of 92 but I remember when those players were coming through it was in the 93 not that I remember but I remember sort of reading back looking back a lot of those young players Beckham, Giggs, Goals but both Nevilles all played away in Galatasaray which is probably the most hostile atmosphere there were especially at the time back in the early 90s um, so I've no problem with throwing Garner in there but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't throw him in there um, because I wouldn't say Partizan are going to start favourites, but it's that type of game where we're just going to take what we get out of it. I'll happily take a draw. I don't care if that sounds bad. Kids don't become men until they take adult experiences. You want to make a footballer? You chuck them out there. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be good to see him out there. Um, we'll talk a little bit later, maybe on another podcast, about how to approach because it's not till Friday or Friday morning our time in Sydney for the Europa League match. I think I'll be sleeping until then. Um, well, the clocks are changing. We might be starting to get around a 7 o'clock kickoff, maybe, a.m. I'm not sure when you're open. It's probably not 3.05, but um, in a couple of weeks, hopefully, we get a few 7 a.m. kickoffs, which aren't as bad. Um, Pubcast Player of the Year might cause a little bit of three, two ones. 3-2-1s. Look, for me, I, I told you, I think Dan James. I thought yeah. every time he had the ball, he was an absolute threat. He set up Rashford's goal did not stop working the entire game. Like, I don't know what more you want from a guy. For me, I thought he was our best player on the park. No, see, for me, it was Andres Pereira. And maybe maybe it's probably more of a case that he's been poor and that he put in a good performance to sort of maybe over it a little bit. Um, and he had a different... Pereira had, well, I don't know if it was by instruction or not, but it looked like he had four or five different roles. He was leading the press, he was playing out wide, he was playing in the middle. So he was a little bit all over the shop. So he was all action. 
But in saying that, you've just mentioned Daniel James and pretty much everyone on Twitter has said Daniel James. So I don't know if I have to watch the match back. Um, Is Twitter ever wrong? No. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll leave that in the comments. But um, Okay, we'll go Daniel James. I, I can't really argue. Everyone else has said it. And look, 100% he did do very well. Um, Perra had a good game by a, all means. A, but. Especially Dan, his energy levels, Daniel James. But then he got one of those two or three times he got hit and he went down. You think, like just the way he's lined there, you think, oh, he just sort of play acting, sort of get up. But you watch the hits. He took big hits. Yeah, um, we talk about Lindelof in gym. I think that's something Dan, Day, Dan James needs to oh, he, He's naturally small guy, though. He's uh, yeah. running like Van Dyke and Fabinho. Right? Look at Tevez. Like, you know, he's not a big guy. He's, like, it doesn't need to become like, he yeah. doesn't need to become a sumo wrestler, but, you know, I think if he just, he needs to put on probably a good solid five kilos of muscle, yeah. I think. Um, okay, Dan James for three points, Pereira for two, anyone for one? Really? Uh, man, I say Rashford. Um, yeah, well, very, very I know well. it sounds unfair, doesn't it, to give it all to the attacking players? But I felt midfield was solid, defense was solid, but well, conceded a lazy goal. Well, other one soccer because again, maybe there's a bit, a little bit like Pereira. It was a different job, so you sort of looked a little bit differently at the approach. But um, I thought one Bissaka for a new position did quite well. But um, as you say, I think almost. Needs to work on his attack, doesn't he? Yeah, big time. It's frustrating, frustrating. Uh, but yeah, maybe the goal for Rashford, because it was a... I would have given it to Wambasaka, but I thought that goal at the end, yeah. he, he just switched off. Yeah. And look, that, that's not me throwing him under the bus. That's not me saying drop him. Yeah. None of that. He's a young player at the end of the day. He's 21 years of age. But yeah, he, just, he switched off for that last goal. For me, that, that gives the edge to Rashford. Okay, so 3 2 ones, James for three. How about Martial for, for looking two. very cool? Just looks cool, doesn't he? Like, couldn't you just imagine drinking a beer with him? He just looks like he'd be relaxed. Chill out. I can't remember him Your house could ball. be on fire. I can't remember him touching the ball. He doesn't need to touch the balls just for being Tony Marshall. Mate, he just he looks like the sort of guy, your house will be on fire and, he, and he'll just be on the lounge watching TV and you'll be like, uh, Tony, the house is on fire. Oh, is it? Okay, no worries. I'll put it out later. Yeah, that's it. He's just chill as. I love it. He'll, I love it. He'll text the fire brigade instead of call them. Um, anything else on this week's game? Where the charity game. If you want to talk more about my hat trick on the charity match, feel free. Tom, I thought I saw, I thought I saw a blimp in the air, but it, when I looked down, I realised it's just your head growing from <laughs> your neck. Um, but yeah, about wraps up this week's podcast. Um, it's an early one this week. We just wanted to get all the emotion out after the Liverpool match. Um, Do we kick on from here? Because this is the big concern for me. That was a good performance, but the way we play suits how Liverpool came at us. We had 32% possession. What do we do against Norwich who are going to give us the ball? That, for me, is the real test. It's easy to get up for this game. Well, well I don't know if Norwich are going to give us the ball. Um, they're one of those teams, you see, if they beat Man City at home, they're almost going to go for it again. I can see them really having a go at United. And, again, I think a lot of, that, a lot of the next game against Norwich will be on how the match begins. If Norwich start well and maybe go a goal up or even just put on pressure... We saw United, when United are under pressure, they cave, they fold. And whether that's a leadership and experience issue, I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, as we're going into the Liverpool match, we're quietly confident, both of us. Um, I tipped a 1-0 win, what did you tip? I think you tipped a win or a draw. I forget. But um, Norwich, I think back last week, we were both almost confident that they were going to lose the match, which is scary. But, um, well, there's, but there's Belgrade to do before that. Yeah, there um, is. And hopefully Pogba should be... Oh, everyone was saying he's on crutches last night at the game. Um, who knows? I'm not sure. So I can't keep up. Who knows what's happened with Pogba, but 
good to see De Gea was fit. Juan Bissaka is back. Martial probably start against uh, Belgrade, you'd think. Yeah, you'd think he'd just get some minutes under him, just get 70 minutes out and bring him off. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I think he touched the ball once in the 15 minutes he was on. It was, um, not the, wasn't like his first substitute appearance against Liverpool, was it? It was, you know, it was nice though. Old Trafford sung his sung his name when he came on. Actually, that is some Old Trafford. I thought, oh, sort of took note throughout the match. Um, it looked like a hell of an atmosphere. Yeah, but there was there was some ner- that crowd got nervous, didn't oh, they, after yeah. the goal? No, naturally. But okay, yeah. take away the first eighty. No. sorry, last five minutes. No, that first fans eighty minutes was yeah. um, fantastic, which was good to see. Um, anything else to add, or pretty much done? Off yeah. to bed. On our way to 21 times. Oh, mate, I'm knackered. <laughs> I am knackered. I'm going to start giggling hilariously. As, hilariously? I said, as I said, I didn't even need the alarm in the morning. Just I woke up in cramp and sheer pain. Um, but thank you again for listening. Again, thank you for everyone who supported the Supporters Club match and donated um, a little bit of money, which is good. Um, as Larry said, we've raised a really good amount. So hopefully we do something similar. Um, in the future and also a thank you to the Liverpool supporters club because that is a match that very well could have been a feisty match with um, a bit of drama but as we both said at the start of the podcast it was um, played in very good spirits and uh, most importantly I walked away with the match ball so did you actually keep it? no it's um, depleted I think it was uh, the venue owned it so um (laughs) Imagine getting a hat-trick and having to return the ball. <laughs> to return the ball. I've got my photo with it, though. <laughs> but, um, again, thank you, everyone, for listening. And I'm not sure when we'll be back, um, whether it will be a few days or after a disappointing result against Norwich. Let's see how we go, hey? All right, good to see you, man. Pleasure. Cheers.